Hey guys, I have another special guest for you today. I'm super excited. She's a brand spanking new friend of mine, and we had such an awesome conversation about homeschool hesitations and kind of coming into homeschool, kicking and screaming a little bit, and the secret blessings. I was just so blessed by our conversation and the way that we were connected, and I'm so excited to share her testimony with y'all. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're going to laugh, and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Hey guys, I am so excited to have y'all join me for a conversation with my brand new friend, Brandy, Brandy Bronson. We are just meeting, just chatting away, and there's like six podcasts that we could do together because she's got <laughs> so much to her story. But what brings us together is a mutual friend of ours shared with me, I'm very grateful, that my podcast about homeschooling really affected Brandy's walk and made her kind of shifted her perspective. Obviously, the podcast being called My Perspective shifted her perspective on homeschooling. And she took took the leap and is now a homeschool mom. So I just wanted to hear her story and hopefully encourage others if you're on the fence about homeschooling or I I would say Brandy I don't want to put words in your mouth and you'll share your story but I wouldn't say that you were necessarily on the fence about homeschooling it sounds like you were pretty much on the opposite side of the fence homeschooling (laughs) kind of had your path laid out and really had your world shaken up a little bit so so Brandy, tell me a little bit about your story and as you were walking into facing, okay, my oldest is getting school aged. What, mm-hmm. what decision do I make? Do I go public school? Do I not? You said that your father was an educator. So tell me a little bit about your background coming into that decision. Yeah. So my dad um, is a public school teacher And he was telling me, you know what, there's a lot going on in the public sphere that you kind of need to be vigilant about as your kids enter this stage where they're going to be going to school. um, There's some things you should probably be, you know, just a little bit more educated on. And I started to think, okay, well, I might be heading in a different direction. I might be putting my child in a public charter that has a little bit more of an emphasis on classical education and try to combat some of the problems I was having with the curriculum that was coming out. Um, But it was still going to be, I'm putting my kid in some school all day, please. Right. Like that is, that is what is owed to me. (laughs) I am tired and they are going to school. So that was always going to be the answer for me. And homeschool was never an option. It was absolutely, you know, those kids are pretty weird and there's no social. And I had this huge list of why I would never do that. So yes, it was definitely, I had some reservations, but ultimately I was going to be putting my kid in a um, school full-time. So that is what I was hoping as of literally like 24 months ago. So, oh my gosh, I love it. So your dad being in public education, what grade does he teach? Um, He is, it's high school. So he's all over the place. Okay. So what was his, was it curriculum? Was it just ideology he saw gripping the school system? What was his biggest concern? 
Honestly, um, all of it, but his biggest concern was probably just the, um, the students coming through. They were just so detached. You know, there's so much anxiety now going on. There's so much, um, loneliness, depression, suicide rates are up. These children are, something's missing. Um, I mean, I know not everyone's a believer, but for those that are, I mean, I think that we can see there is a spiritual element to this. And, um, I think he really felt, you know, that there was something like, Hey, maybe we do a different different thing because this is, this is not working, you know? So that, those were some wise words to me as a parent with children that were growing a little bit older and closer to that school age. So I had that in the back of my mind and thought, well, you know what? I'll still put her in public for just a little bit. I'll get on a waiting list and we'll get her into a public charter that kind of fits our needs a little bit better. And I can keep a little closer eye on her. Um, but it was honestly, it was a different experience for me. And I'm actually grateful. I'm not grateful for the lockdowns. I think they were obviously, I, I have my own opinions on that, but um, they did help me because there was, it was such a crazy time when London was going into school. And I felt like, okay, I don't agree with the way that my school system is handling this and the way that, especially in California, we did not have any local control. I did not get to make choices for my own children and their health. So I felt like I was being pushed in a direction that I was not comfortable with, but I still sent her. I mean, I was, I couldn't even look myself in the mirror. I would go and drop her off and she'd put her mask on and she would get her headaches and her water warts on her face. But I was like, you know what? This is, this is it. This is cool. This is what you do. You just kind of suck it up. Everyone else was doing it. And I was just kind of going along with it. And it was one day that I was listening to Dennis Prager, want to give him a shout out. And I love him to death. Love Prager. You, my kids watch their videos now all the time. Um, But he kept saying, like, if you don't think that these things are good for your kids, like, what is it going to take for you to pull your kid out? Like, what is it going Mm -hmm. to be? And it sat with me and I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it should be. And I Mm -hmm. took a month, but I wrote a letter. I went out, I went to the school board. I did my thing and I made my noise and I took my daughter out. But that first year of kindergarten, I was, I hated it. I was dreading it every day. I was begrudgingly getting up and going, all right what are we learning today? You know, I felt very thrown into it. Like I was reacting to my surroundings and the current events, but I wasn't taking control of it, you know? And so, um, yeah, I did a whole year of kindergarten. And again, I, I made the most of it, but it was like, okay, things are going to calm down with COVID masks are going to be optional next year. We're going to go back into it. Let's get into John Adams. So I got closer and closer and closer to getting in to where I wanted to go. Um, and it wasn't, honestly, it was literally, July. I mean, it's, it's barely October now, but it was July. I was sitting there having so much cognitive dissonance, feeling so unsettled. And, um, my husband was outside with the kids and it was just the right time to hear your podcast. My girlfriend had sent it to me. Um, and it had been sitting there for months. And for some reason it was just the moment when I was like, eh, let's give this a try. So I saw your pretty little face on there and I clicked play and, um, immediately you just laid out so many wise words in a row that I literally just couldn't, all I did was cry. I just cried. And I was like, you know what? You are absolutely right. And this isn't about me. And all the reasons that I was going to put London in a public charter were curriculum based, but I never thought about the Mm. other end, which is I want to be the main influence over my children. Like this is Mm. my job to steward them. And so honestly, one of, I didn't realize I had two problems, which is why I was so unsettled. One was obviously what was being you know, my children were being exposed to in school. I was going to fix that with the charter. I was going to put her in. But the second part that I couldn't really put a finger on until I I heard your podcast was that I was, I I was called to be not just her mom, but I was in charge Mm -hmm. of her soul, her mind, her spirit. Like those were things Mm -hmm. that I was going to be forfeiting 
And um, how am I supposed to influence her when I don't see her? <laughs> I mean, they're putting kids in school for eight hours a day, you know, starting at five, six years old. And I'm like, how am I supposed to affect her and be the main steward over her when the majority of the hours in the day are spent with a stranger? So that's mm-hmm. what really hit me hard. That's what was really, that's what got me. Oh, that's so good. I'm, I'm honestly, I meant to go back and re-listen because I recorded that podcast. I think it was maybe my third podcast I ever put out. What? Long ago. And I don't even remember. I mean, I remember obviously why I homeschool and all of those things. But as you're saying this, I'm like, oh yeah, (laughs) talking about that in that podcast. But that is so good to just have that reiterated. So I just want to recap what you said, just to give some clarification. So you did decide, okay, I am going to have to put my kid in public school because the alternative, which was a public charter was unavailable when your daughter was ready to go into school. What is a public charter for those of us who don't know what a public charter might be? Can you explain that? Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. So a public charter in this area, at least is just something it's still publicly funded by the state. Um, but it's just, so for example, the John Adams, um, charter, which is what I was trying to get into is a public charter. I don't have to pay for it. Well, I pay through taxes, right. But, um, I don't have to go out of pocket on my own to pay for it. And essentially what it is, is it's just, um, I mean, I don't really know how to explain it as much as it's just, there's a specific way of teaching a style. They teach a classical education. They hone in on the, um, more of the conservative values and American ideals. And they kind of wrap their curriculum around that. And I do believe there's a little bit more control in terms of sex education. Parents um, have a little bit more say in what's going on. So I felt like the main issues that I had in the public system weren't really an issue with a charter. And it was a good alternative for me because I am a stay-at-home mom with a, we have a single income house. And I felt Mm -hmm. like it's either public or public charter. That's it. There's no homes. I'm right. not doing home. Okay. That's how I'm not doing that. And I can't afford private. So John Adams, it right. is. There it is. And yeah. do you have a school board with a public charter? Is there a same sort of setup? I'm honestly not sure. That's a great question. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Sure. Yeah. I'm just curious, like how I, I think you're right. My understanding is that charter allows for more influence of parents and whatnot, but I just don't know through what mechanism, but that's really interesting. And not yeah. everyone, ha- I mean, I live very rural in Tennessee, right. so I wouldn't even have the option of a public charter at all. I don't even know. I mean, it is private or public or homeschool, right. you know, like there isn't, so that's not an option for a lot of people. It is good. I do prefer charter schools, generally speaking love vouchers and all of that in terms of, you know, the political approach to education. So you put your daughter in for, you made it one month. Yes. Just one one month in public school. (laughs) Right. Just one month. And honestly though, Wendy, it was really more about the masks because I just Mm -hmm. couldn't my five-year-old mask, but I don't feel like, um, I mean, I didn't know what they were being taught. So it wasn't like I could be like, Oh, see, this is what my dad was warning me again. I I need to pull her out. It was more of like, the mask thing. So that's why I'm grateful. I don't, I wish that never had happened, but it was right. the cat because somebody needed to kick me in the pants. But again, it wasn't the only time I needed it because I was going to go right back in the next yeah. year. Once COVID settled down you were the second kick in the pants for me, which finally like it clicked. The whole story seemed to finally hit me at once. And I was like, okay, this is the answer that I can't seem to figure out on my own. So thank you for, I love, I love the you said, I, I want to encourage you to be encouraged. And that's literally what you did for me. So 
Oh, that's so good to hear. I'm so glad to hear that. I just think that's so great though. I really have to commend you because first of all, all the kicks in the pants come from Holy Spirit, right? Just through different avenues to kick you in the pants. Um, So I can't take much credit for that, especially given the fact that I actually don't even remember what I said in that podcast. (laughs) So I would be taking way too much credit to uh, take credit. But um, I have to commend you because I know a ton of moms who got real upset at the masks or the curriculum or the books or whatever, or all of these things, Mm -hmm. and yet still continue to go down the same path, right? Keep their kids in public school. And this is not being judgmental or critical, but it takes a lot to pull your kid out. And I will say my, for I also put my daughter in public school because I was not heeding the Holy spirit from the get go. I was like, no, thank you. I am right there with you. I am not a homeschool mom. That is not my thing. Thanks. That's for other people who have weird children. I have a lot of the same feelings about it, but, and I'm so also I'm from California, you know, so I get that. I didn't know a single person who was homeschooled when I was in school, you know? And so when I moved to Tennessee, it was really interesting to get a different perspective because so it's way more prevalent here, homeschooling, right. way more common. I know a lot of adults my age who were homeschooled here in, in Tennessee, which is weird because I'm like, I didn't know anybody in California. So it's just kind of cultural also, you know, that some people have more of an aversion because you don't know what you don't know. Right. But I did put my daughter in public school. And I also, right at the Thanksgiving, Mark, and I think I shared this in that podcast, had all of the kicks in the pants. Like, and this was pre-COVID. This there was no masking of the children there, and it, it's kindergarten, so I wasn't opposed to you know any specific curriculum because I'd like to think that curric- that curriculum is pretty mild in kindergarten. I would like to right. think, although right. that's probably not safe to think that. But I did have lots of convicting moments right out of the get-go. And I did decide, okay, this will be the only year my kid is in public school, but I did not pull her out. I, I let her finish that whole first year. And I'm glad that the convictions lasted because like you said, sometimes you get the conviction and then it kind of wears off. And I fear that that is what is going to happen post 2020 is the farther we get from everything we learned for sure in 2020, all the things we dug real deep on, you know, those convictions that became really strong. I fear they're going to be weakened as we move back into quote unquote normal, you know, as we get farther away from the masks and farther away from the riots and all the things that we slip back into that comfortability. So I just want to say that to anyone who's listening, that if you have a conviction, have it, have it. I give you permission to anchor into it. And I do think that's been very beneficial for me in my life is my stubbornness. (laughs) Once I am convicted of something, and I know you said also that you're not on social media, we were talking about that. That's also just a rare thing. And I felt similarly convicted that I'm just going to get off this thing. And then I just stayed off of it. And I'm glad for that stubbornness because it's true. It's very tempting to go back on something that you decided and, and go, you know what, Uh, it's just easier to do this or, you know, it's easier to go to public school. There's no question in so many ways, it is easier to put your kid in public school. No question. And let me just give you this word. 
this word, Brandy, as your kids get older, it becomes more and more absurd that you're homeschooling. Like as your, your daughter, my oldest is also a girl. As we're hitting puberty ages, she'll be 11 on Tuesday. Oh my word. It is a completely different thing today that I signed up for it than back when I was doing first grade with her, you know? So <laughs> it doesn't necessarily get easier. I mean, it does in certain respects, but um, hold on to those convictions, you and anyone else, like as you make these choices, really stand firm in them because it is, it's easy to slip back into what everybody else does or, you know, what everybody else is. Like you said, everybody else was upset about the masks, but how many people did the thing, like took, the, right. you know, the next step or, or took ownership over. And you said your father wasn't necessarily warning against masks, you know, when he was giving you that advice, but I would argue the masks only fast-tracked the advice he gave you, which had to do, like you said, with anxiety, depression, social issues. We're going to see this generation that even though there might've been just a brief period of time where they were masked or put under this scrutiny, that has a lasting effect that we're Mm -hmm. already, that's already measurable, but Mm -hmm. Like you said, I have friends who their child is in kindergarten. I'm thinking of one example and she decided to homeschool when her daughter did not want her to turn in the mask exemption that she had gotten for her. So this six-year-old child is asking, mom, don't turn in the mask exemption. She hates the mask. It's not because she likes the masks. It's because she doesn't want to be the one not wearing the mask in class. And that was when my other girlfriend decided, okay, we're homeschooling because she's six. Yep. (laughs) This is, that is wild social pressure. Yes, it is. is. I mean, that's against what she even wanted, you know, but she was feeling that, that um, compulsion to conform. That is the whole mission of public school. And so, I mean, gosh, I feel like full stop. That is the mission of public school. Full stop is conformity of thought, conformity of belief, conformity of, you know, opinion and obedience and all of that. So I, back to that, I'm so think that's great that you pulled her out a month in and then you completed kindergarten at homeschool, right? You did not do distance learning. No. Yeah. No, we went full in. Like I enrolled in a, in a charter and did the homeschool thing and we got an education specialist and I learned the ropes and I figured out how to do it. Um, but again, I did not like it. And it was, I was, you know, regretting it every single day. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, I know that was hard, but this is actually kind of harder. And I don't feel like this really fixed as many problems as, you know, it didn't solve as many problems as skating. So, um, so that was really hard for me. And I, I definitely didn't have the right perspective, but I did feel like one thing I did was I said, okay, I believed in this and I did it. And my kids will see that now. Maybe I'm not super happy in the morning right now, but they'll know, you know what? Mom tried to do the best she could because Mm. these are weird circumstances. And I said, nope, I don't believe in this. So I'm not going to do it. And I believe that what good are a set of values if you don't have the courage to actually act on them, right? Like it's kind of irrelevant what you think if you don't do anything about it, in my opinion. So I felt like the conformity was a big issue. And I did learn a lot from the pandemic in terms of what people are willing to do to feel like they belong to a group and that, that pressure mm. to conform is so much stronger than, I mean, people, like you said, kids were willing to wear something on their face all day that made them feel sick just so they felt like they fit in. And that yeah. just shows you human nature and how far people are willing to go. And I just didn't want to play that game. And I still don't, I don't, I think that we're playing Russian roulette with our children mm-hmm. 
and you know, where they end up because right now, like I said before, the anxiety levels, like you were saying, suicide rates, depression, they've skyrocketed since, I mean, it was already, but since then it's just like, and especially secularism has taken over our school. So now it's, you didn't come from anywhere. Good. You don't have any purpose. You're a clump of cells. And you know what? Mm -hmm. We're all just carbon footprints now and we're burning down the whole freaking world. So, you know, it's just, it's not a good message. I can see why kids don't feel happy anymore. Right. Where's the joy? Absolutely. Purpose. Yeah. So you homeschooled begrudgingly for your whole first year. You have two obviously younger kids, which compounds the burden of trying to be responsible for the education of your child. Um, And then you did get into the charter school. So you, you listened to the podcast in July, had this change of heart. You did get into the charter school. This is, again, I commend you because how much easier, right? Would it to be like, okay. And so many people, especially believers would see that as like, oh, this is God's will then because this door has opened over here and I'm feeling emphasis on the feeling burdened over here. So therefore it must be that I'm supposed to go through this door. And so frequently, you know, gosh, even this morning in church, we were singing the lyric, I won't be formed by feelings. I'll hold fast to what is true. Right. I love that lyric of a song we sang just this morning. I will not be formed by feelings because that's what the enemy uses to deceive and divert and tempt. Right. I would feel better. I would feel less burdened. I would feel less stressed. And this door opened. So it feels like God is making a way, you know, and you held firm because of course there's no coincidences. So of course you listen to that podcast in July of this year, not back when I put it out in 2021, Right. you listen to it now. I just think that's so cool that you decided, you know what, I'm going to close that door, even though you were feeling obviously emotional about that decision. (laughs) (laughs) and stepped in. So tell me about this year. What are you doing different this year? Obviously you're approaching it with a new perspective, which I believe obviously, again, the title of this podcast makes all the difference, right? If you can shift perspective and see it in a different way, that burden is lifted almost immediately. So what are you doing differently this year? Well, one thing I'm doing differently is like you said, I'm changing my perspective and I'm really relying on my faith because that's growing as I'm teaching my kids their faith. I'm, I'm growing in mine. As I introduce them to Jesus, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm, he is, and I'm connecting with him. And I think that's been such a blessing that I didn't really, I was surprised by it, honestly. Um, but the words that you said that really changed my perspective was that it's not about me and there is self-sacrifice that goes on. No, one's going to lie to you. Homeschooling is not the easy route. (laughs) It's not the easy route. Oh my gosh. And it is frustrating some days and it is hard. Um, but knowing that it's like, Hey, guess what? Your time isn't now. Like you don't get to go and do what you want to do all day. You have people to steward and souls to mold. And this is your calling and just thinking, okay, I have to pick up my cross. Like that's what I'm called to do this. Mm. And instead of fighting against that and feeling like a hypocrite every day, why not live authentically? Why not align your will? Right? Because I constantly felt like, well, you know what, this is good enough, this and this, but I wasn't saying, okay, I'm submitting to you. Let what you want be what I want. Those types of things, those conversations that I started to have with God that I never had had before and never had the courage to have them. And it started to turn around and homeschool is different than it used to be. All of the, which is why, and Wendy, I want to kind of plug my um, new Instagram account I made. I, I have social media. I just got on this week because I felt that's where most moms are. And, um, there's so many misconceptions about homeschool that I am, 
I'm learning that just so wrong. And maybe they were accurate before, but there aren't anymore. And homeschooling is so different. So yeah, challenging misconceptions. And then like you had said about encouraging people to be encouraged, um, empowering other women to think, Hey, you know what? I'm not alone. This is hard. We need a village. It takes a village. Um, we have to depend on each other. So having a homeschooling village, I'm finding moms that do what I do, who love Jesus, who want to raise their kids the right way. Um, so forming a group is what I did this year. I went all in, I decided I'm going to have a good attitude about it. And I fell in love with it. Honestly, I'm having so much fun. I didn't think I would, but I am, it's hard. I'm not going to say it's not hard, but I am loving it. I love that when I watch my daughter read or when she clicks and a new math concept, you know, has worked out in her brain, I feel like, oh my gosh, we did that. We did that. Like, it's so exciting. That is so good. I remember one of my girlfriends who's a teacher asked me about my middle son, who's now in third grade. You know, he, uh, she said he can read, right? I was like, yeah, he, he reads great. And she's like, you taught him how to read. Like, that's so great that you taught your kids how to read. And I just thought, that is so great. You know, that is really cool. I did. And now all three of my children read and I feel like this huge weight. Cause I'm like, if you can read, <laughs> you, can, you can learn anything. Yes. And they can, I mean, self-education, right. As they get older, it's like, Oh, you can figure out the instructions to this worksheet. And then yes. I can go clean the table off and I don't have to, you know, monitor so strongly. So there is a liberation that goes along with teaching your kids how to read. And, and not only that, but I feel like when I picked London up from school, at least that first month, it was, Hey, what'd you learn? I don't know. I was like, okay, great. Um, moving on to snack time, I guess. But now it's like, Hey, remember when we learned this this morning? Remember when we learned how sound operates? Um, it's a constant conversation. I feel like we're learning all day. It's not, okay. I blocked off this time to go to school and now we're doing this. It's just all day. We're having conversations. We're learning, we're growing. And it's just a complete, I had to rethink education altogether. And once I didn't have to force it into that box, I started to enjoy it. That is so good. You just said like the key is you just have to rethink your approach to learning. And this year in particular for me has been just distraction city. Like, I just feel like we can't get a day of school under our belt to save our life right now. I don't even know why, like, I don't even know what's happening, but every day I'm like, we're going to try to do school today, kids. And I finally just felt like, you know what? We do school every day. Like you're saying, like, I just need to stop thinking about it through the traditional lens of if we don't do science, history, English, math, then we haven't accomplished a day of school. And my husband's always reminding me, the kids learned about gardening today. Like we were out, you know, doing this and pulling down the corn and they learned all about that. We took apart the go-kart and they learned all about that. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. I mean, like, it's not, I don't know how to record that in my homeschool. You know? (laughs) I don't know how to write that in there, but you know, you're right. That's totally the most important thing. And actually one of my questions for you was, what is one of the biggest blessings that you were surprised by? And you said those exact words. I was surprised by the blessing of just being in, in communication and learning and, and relationship with your kids. And gosh, sometimes we will sit down. You were talking about your faith specifically and growing in that. And I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but you having, you guys, she came from the LDS church and is, has recently left that church. And I obviously came from atheism and now I'm a Christian. So we have in, in common, the fact that what we used to believe is not necessarily what we carry into our adult life. And I absolutely can relate to sitting down with my kids, opening the Bible, learning some Bible stories and as they are having questions, I'm having the same questions or I'll have a revelation right in the moment and go, you guys, oh my gosh, 
let's flip over to this story. Do you remember this? Like, do you see how this connects and how cool it is? And sometimes that will hijack the whole day where right. we'll just, I, they seem to have as they should, because it's all, it's the only thing that's eternal, the most questions and rabbit holes about our, <laughs> when we do Bible time, you know, right. especially when you're looking at creation and evolution and the big bang and all of these things that are huge concepts to try to dissect with a child. Right. And I'm dissecting them equally. Right. We're talking about the Trinity. How do you talk about the Trinity with children? Right. Sometimes I feel like they grab a hold of it more than I do because that's a (laughs) wild concept, you know, or even eternity. Eternity is hard to wrap your mind around because we're in time and space, you know, all of these giant concepts. Right. The blessing being, we get to unpack this together. And, and I think as we navigate those conversations, who would you be asking this question to if it were not me? And the answer is probably no one. First of all, you wouldn't be talking about Bible at school. Second of all, you wouldn't be asking a question like this or going on a rabbit hole because there isn't time. There's not the space and maybe not the trusted adult. And worse, if you did ask that question, what would they tell you? What would be the answer to a question about creation? And how am I as a parent, not even knowing those seeds are being planted in my child's mind, supposed to uproot these things that are untrue or not based in our theology, you know, how do I even know what is being planted if I'm not the one doing it, you know? And I think that that is the biggest point to drive home again is this isn't about math and spelling, but it is about, you said, molding souls, which I love that, you know, just the idea of we're stewarding these souls. And if my kids have, you know, excellent grades and get into the best college and have a wildly successful career, but don't know Jesus, Yep. then it didn't matter in the end. Like none of that carries over. None of that, you know, goes to heaven. So that's a huge burden. That is a huge responsibility. And I love the way you said it, pick up your cross. Cause that, that is true. Yes, it, absolutely. And even if you aren't, I mean, to be honest with you, we do have a lot of religious conversations in general there that my kids are a lot younger and it's not as, as intensive as, as, excuse me, as extensive as yours is and intense, um, two words put together. We should probably make that a new right. word. Um, but, um, <laughs> I, I do think that just being the type of person that you want your children to become, they are influenced mm. by everything you do a lot more than what you say, I think at this point. And so absolutely being an example of, Oh, mom showed cool, babe. Mom showed up today and she helped the neighbor and she, you know, this person's having surgery. So we made a care package for this person and just living through what it really means to be a disciple. Um, yes. Doing the, the actions, right. Like seeing their mom, serve people all day be like okay that's what i want and and so yeah having those conversations educating them reading with them that's great but being with them and living the gospel is the best way to educate i think and and have them found, form a foundation upon okay now i'm going to go out and even i don't even know why this popped into my head the other day and i don't even know if this is ubiquitous among the christian community because i am very new to it um but the idea that your hands are Christ's hands, like, what did you do today? I asked my kids for the first time last night because it kind of just clicked. And I was like, 
what did your hands do today that made it feel like they were Jesus' hands? Like if Jesus had his hands out, what would he be doing? And my daughter was like, well, we dropped off this present at this girl's house who had surgery. So, you know, his hands were carrying that present to the door. And my son helps pick up his brother who fell off of the trampoline or something. And something like that, where those, those, your hands became Christ's hands and just planting seeds, seeds that I don't feel like I really had the time for. And when your kids get home from school, they're exhausted. The last thing they want to do is, yeah. all right, mom has a school lesson for you about, you know, this or that, or she has a church lesson for you on this. They're just like, listen, I'm tired. I don't want to deal with it anymore. So really utilizing the energy they have throughout the day for the right kind of conversations. I just didn't think that it would be as important as it is, but right now, mm-hmm. especially with what culture is turning into, I felt like I needed to almost put a bubble. And I hate that word bubble because I do believe, I, you know, and as you've discussed in your podcast, we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah. And you can't yeah. filter your kids entirely and say, okay, block it all out. Like everything's good in our house. Who cares if the world's burning down? Like that's not how we're supposed to live. But I do mm-hmm. believe as they're young, that it is our job as parents to build that foundation first before throwing them out to the wolves and saying, you know, go out and, and do all these things. Well, they don't know who they are yet. We have to help them know who they are. And once they're secure in that and they have that proper armor, then they can go out and be the proper hands that they need to be. But it's my job right now. And I wasn't taking, I wasn't taking that role on properly. And I'm mm. now I'm admitting, okay, you know, I'm stepping up to the plate. I'm uncomfortable. I'm unsure. Most days are difficult, but I know that it's my job. I am called to do this. And my kids mm. need to learn how to walk with Christ so that one day when I'm not around or they move out, that they can, which hopefully they do at 18, unlike most kids these days, hopefully they're moving out when they're <laughs> right. And when they do, they're, they're set, they're equipped. They have that spiritual armor that we've built together. We are just losing. I don't know if you're familiar with the book, the lost generation, but we are losing Christian children brought up in the Christian church at an alarming rate. I think it's, it's like less than 9% of Christians still claim the faith after college. Oh my gosh. That is, we're bleeding. We're hemorrhaging. We're hemorrhaging. Like, and I have to point at the, you know, again, not meaning this in a judgmental tone, but at the lack of ownership of that most critical role that we play as a parent, you know, it's not just about keeping our, our child healthy and, you know, giving them the three square meals a day. And it's like, no, this is an eternal, right responsibility that we've been given, you know, what, what is this burning desire for us to be parents, creators, right? Why do we have that? Just so we can have four years of getting them potty trained and then, you know, shipping them off to somebody else to do their, the work, the hard, the hard work, you know, the part that we're like, that's too hard. That's too much. Right. Right. No, totally. That is, um, I, I just, I remember feeling so staggered at that statistic of just like, oh my gosh, we are hemorrhaging because we're, we're not taking that responsibility seriously yeah. enough. And what matters more, you know, what matters yeah. more? Like, what good is it if I'm in heaven and you're not like, what good is that? You know, um, talking about being the hands of Jesus, right? Like if we're neglecting the very things he's put in our hands, right. how, how can we do anything else outside of that sphere of influence well or better, you know, than that, if we're neglecting that. So, oh my gosh, what a good conversation. I do. Can you tell us the, um, the handle your Instagram handle? I'll put it in the description as well, but what is the handle? So people can find you to be encouraged. 
Okay. Yes. My, okay. So my new account is called the homeschool hustle. It has an underscore after the, so the underscore homeschool hustle. And, um, I made that account again, only on like Tuesday, I think is because, um, I wanted to one empower women who have chosen this homeschool lifestyle to feel like they are enough, feel encouraged, feel like they can do this. Um, especially these days I hear from so many moms, Oh, I could never do that. That is just so hard. And I'm like, you know what? That you is can't. the statement. <laughs> yes, that is the statement. And it's so funny because I'm like, well, we live in a world where we hear like the future is female and girl power. And I'm like, with all this empowerment going on, you sure don't seem very sure of yourself. Like, what the heck? Is this message not clicking? Like, you can do whatever you want to do. So, yeah, right. So I'm like, man, you can do this because I didn't want to do this. And what it really says is I don't want to do this. That's what that means. Yeah. But um, yeah. and I don't it doesn't mean you ha- like just because you homeschool doesn't mean you want to like that's there I need to make go. a that, but it's not really up to you. So, um, the first thing is just to empower the moms out there that are going out and walking the walk. And then the other is to, again, challenge the misconceptions and some of the myths and stigma of homeschooling that I fell into most of my life that as I live out, I'm very new to this, but as I live out this new lifestyle seeing, wow, I was really wrong about this and I need to share this. So I make little videos and I say, Hey, here's a misconception. Like homeschoolers can't go to college or there's no socialization options or mm-hmm. things like that, that I really felt really, I honestly was very, I felt very strongly against homeschool. I honestly thought it was child abuse. And now it's like switched. Now so I'm like, funny. school is kind of like child abuse. <laughs> and so it's kind of like been inverted. <laughs> so that is so good. I love that. And I love that you've had such an inversion where, and I feel I'm the same exact way. Of course, I'm at least several years. This is my fifth year of homeschooling, which is wow. just insane. So, I mean, gosh, there's people who've been homeschooling for 28 years or, you know, I hear these stories and I'm just like, okay, it's worth it. And every one of them, I always make a point. I know what they're going to say, you know, I, but I make a point of asking those moms who've been in the game for way longer in the homeschool hustle, so to speak, is it worth it? And without hesitation, every time it is so worth it. They say, don't, don't even rethink it for a second. It is so worth it, you know? So that's encouraging also, but I love that I went from, I am not going to homeschool to being such an advocate for homeschool. And I know that there are people who have made that, that switch because they feel like I gave them permission or, you know, encouraged them in some way. And that is such a, again, I give credit to Holy Spirit because I'm like, I'm just the voice he's using on the hands to use your example that he's using to get you to move into his will, because very few things that he calls us to in this life are things that we want to do, just perfectly willing to do that, right? It's always like, oh, seriously, that's not it. And so um, I love that you've become such an advocate and encourage people to just break that break that off. And I do think the enemy overplayed his hand in 2020 and continues to overplay his hand because you're, you're exactly right. If we had not had 2020, we would not have the outrageous rise in homeschools, the homeschoolers that was as we have now. And of course I started homeschooling before that. So I had the exact opposite experience of being so grateful that I already already made this choice, that this was not a burden. I didn't have to make this under compulsion. We sailed right through, didn't miss a dang day, didn't miss any, no loss of learning. We were already in this groove. We didn't have to talk about masks or vaccines or any other thing like that. Right. Normal, normal. And I was just like, thank you, Lord, that I was obedient from the get-go because now I can see what you were positioning me to avoid because I would have felt the same as you. I would have not, I would have felt forced into it, you know? And I, I know a lot of moms go, Oh, I could never homeschool, which I hear that all the time. I could never homeschool because I did 
2020 homeschool. And I also want to make a point of saying homeschool under compulsion is not homeschooling. Yes. Homeschooling or distance learning is not homeschooling. <laughs> These yes. are not to be compared with no. what a decision to, you know, take ownership over this role as mom. That decision is different than I was forced to because I had no other options or I distance learned and, and it was terrible. That is not what homeschool is about. You know, the distance learning sounds worse than public school to me. Like that sounds like yeah. a nightmare. No, Staring yeah, at a screen. Yes. Still being chained to their curriculum, their methodology, yes. all of that, their schedule, that sounds horrific. And now you, you have the burden of still having public school influencing yes. and dominating the situation, but you also don't have your time because your child's at your house the whole day. I'm like, that sounds like the worst case scenario, actually. Yes, it does. And I lived it because I can tell you, amen to everything you said. I went through it where I felt I had to go, I had to do it. It wasn't my choice. And now this second year, I'm using the same curriculum. I'm using the same math curriculum mm -hmm. and the curriculum, but it's a completely different experience. So everything you said is true. I feel like my perspective shifted and now my, my daughter's even, we're jiving better, right? It's like we wake up in the morning and yes, so I still have, to have incentives. I still have to have sand timers and I still have to, it's sometimes a fight to sit down. It's hard. I have younger kids. They want to play. And yeah. so they're getting to watch a show or something and she doesn't get to, and it's, it, we're at a hard stage. I think it might even be, I don't know. You'll have to tell me, is it harder when they're all needing to be homeschooled or when you have some that do and don't, I don't know, but either way, it's not it's easy, hard. right? All but, of it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's just but, the new hard for the new season. You know, there's right. there, like my daughter is almost entirely self-directed at fifth grade. That's great. But I have a whole new set of issues that <laughs> she's also like randomly hormonal. You know, I'm like, yes, what is happening? Like yes, it is. So there's new hards with each season. But absolutely, that is um, super fun to be in the mix of not everybody's doing school yet. So that can be tricky, too. But Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Literally, this happened so quickly. I, Our friend reached out to me just a couple of days ago. I reached out to you. I was like, I have to hear your story on the podcast. And then I made you record it immediately right now. So oh, <laughs> really well, I, feel. I just randomly decided to get on social media again. And in a week, I'm on a podcast. So, you know, everything happens <laughs> really quickly. Oh. Absolutely. Everything happens for a reason. So you guys make sure you follow her on Instagram, even if you're on the fence, or maybe you're somebody who's like, I would never homeschool. I extra challenge you to follow her on Instagram because if nothing else, your perspective will be shifted for understanding others around you that are making that choice, or perhaps there's a hybrid situation or a baby step you could take um, yep. just to, again, take that ownership over oh that, that role as soul molder. I love that. Yeah. But thank you, yeah. Brandy, for giving me some time this afternoon. I'm so grateful. And I hope that was beneficial for y'all. Oh, me too. Thank you so much, Wendy. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Father God, thank you so much for bringing Brandy and I together. Thank you for her testimony, Lord. Thank you that she has a heart to encourage other moms to homeschool because we know that it's not about the education. It is about molding souls, souls for you, the kingdom. This is kingdom work, Lord. I'm just so grateful that Brandy had her heart and eyes and mind open to that and that she is passing that torch 
forward and being a powerful voice in this movement, Lord. Thank you for Brandy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in her. Thank you for connecting us, and thank you for her testimony. Amen.